Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 101. Well, that's the show, but this is our second live stream, and tonight we're coming to you live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and we're chatting about Slash's new record, Four, and we are challenging each other with songs that would be very poetic with the music stripped out. Tonight's episode is brought to you by 4411 Creative Agency. The good folks at 4411 provide custom marketing and flawless execution. Creative is their middle name. Head over to 4411creative.com to find out more. I'm your host, Foggy, and joining me tonight is JPP. Easy listening sounds for the hard of hearing. It's JPP. Welcome, JPP. Thank you. Thank you. I feel <laughs> blissful. Actually, I hurt my neck headbanging to the intro, so, you know, I got to be careful at this age. <laughs> I keep telling my friends, you know, that thing's a banger. So that's what she said. That's what she said. Thank you, Phoenix Supernova. <laughs> and also joining tonight is none other than Metalhead Monday. Step inside into his mind. It's boy band time. It's Metalhead Monday. Welcome Perfect to the show, picture. Metalhead. <laughs> Perfect picture. Me and all my friends. I was getting concerned for a bit that you were going to ask what picture I used. So <laughs> didn't. it didn't even dawn on me. You were going to use a picture until I saw Paul's and I was like, Oh, <laughs> yeah, for those of you who don't know, um, tea bags made that quite a long time ago. And the running gag was that uh, metalhead was a huge fan of the backstreet boys. It's going to be May. Wait, is that the right band? I don't know. Anyway, it's not going to be May yet. We got a little bit. Yeah. I want it to be May. I'm looking forward to May, though, because I want some uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, no kidding. Y'all uh, wrap up Book of Boba Fett? I did. Of course. Man, that ended on a great note to me, man. I'll tell you what. That was, uh, my kid was screaming. You know, she was so excited at key scenes and, and whatnot. We won't spoil it for those that may not have watched it yet, but, you know, let's just say, you might be a little confused as to where the ride's going, but they put a nice little bow at the end for me. It does tie up the loose ends, that's for sure. I, man, I still I saw a lot of hate for Robert Rodriguez, and I just I don't get it. I I loved it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know I was pretty harsh on part of it. I really got frustrated um, at a couple of the episodes, but I thought it finished really strong, and I loved some of the moments in the last episode. So you. Throw in four and five, and then, uh, boy, that ending was great. So, mm -hmm. Most certainly. Yeah, I listened to a breakdown of it from uh, Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin on Fat Man Beyond. And Kevin, <clears throat> excuse me, Kevin's a lot. I feel like I'm a lot like him. Like, I just, I just want something to entertain me, and I'm not looking to hate it. So I generally like most of the stuff. And Mark is exactly the opposite, and he – breaks it down and said, I like this, but I didn't like this. And I don't understand why they did this. And he made some valid points, but at the end of the day, like I, I it didn't really matter. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Takes me out of my life for a little bit. Get a little enjoyment. It's all I need. Yep. Agreed. Cool. All right, gentlemen, we have work to do enough of this jazz. <laughs> so, uh, the challenge, this was actually my challenge. Uh, I guess issued initially right before our hiatus, and then we came back 
And so we are revisiting this challenge, which was to take a song that we felt like had uh, great poetic elements, that it would be a strong poem, even if you strip the music away. So I will be interested to see what we all have in store tonight. So um, do you want to lead us off, JPP? Sure. You know, mine, <clears throat> mine kind of goes back to my angsty youth, if you will. <laughs> there was a, a band that Mundy and I loved the daylights out of called Drown. And oh, yeah. they uh, had a song, well, they had a whole great album. You know, it was basically about having your heart torn out emotionally and that sort of thing. And at the time, it just kind of felt real. You know, there's a lot of changes going on in life and about ready to move on from high school and so on and so forth. And the particular song I chose was called Pieces of Man. And, uh, you know, the, I won't go into all the lyrics, but some of the things that really stood out in that song, even back then, that felt real was scars don't heal when they grow on the inside. The mind can't kill what it sees on the outside. And, you know, it just really talks about life in general. And when you're young and you're growing up and starting to dabble in the real world a little bit, you start seeing some of the ways people act and, and you know, you're kind of young and naive and not really... uh attuned to what really the maybe going on with those people and stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, when I went back and thought of this song and I read the lyrics again, it's like, you know, it just goes to show that sometimes toxicity and people's issues have been a longstanding thing in, in the world. And it's just a matter of, you know, how do you express it in a healthy way? And, and drown was one of those kind of healthy releases for those types of feelings to me. It was definitely angry. That's for sure. Some angry, uh, hard industrial stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, to be young and hormonal again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Now I'm just like laying on the couch going, man, I'm a little pissed, but I'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. Angry is not what I think of when I think of JPP. That's for sure. <laughs> just depends on what, you know, what's uh, striking the mood, if you will. My music's happier. Yeah. Fantastic. Great choice. Never would have come up with that one in a million years. <laughs> right on. It's not not really a band I think most people even know about. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I like how it, that it is underground, you know. I mean, I could have chose something from Led Zeppelin or Robert Plant and, you know, how poetic those types of lyrics were. But at the end of the day, I mean, that was in my moment and that's what resonated with me pretty hardcore at the time. Well, there's a million songs we all could have chosen. So, I mean, songs are very poetic by nature anyway, so. So what album is is that on? It's called Hold On to the Hollow. And it was produced by one Dave Ray Vogelby of uh, Skinny Puppy fame. Wow. We'll uh, put that in the show notes on uh, YouTube. So if people want to check that out, they can find that. Right Great on. choice. Thank you. Mr. Mundy, would you like to go? Oh, sure. Uh, I'm a big Frank Turner fan. I think I mentioned him last show. Uh, we saw him, my wife and I saw him with, uh, yeah, Flogging Molly and ended up meeting him at his merch table. Very cool and been a fan ever since. And uh, the song I picked is called I Still Believe. Uh, it's from the his third album, England Keep My Bones. And this song is, uh, I don't, I mean, it's basically somebody almost, saying with everything going on in the world, like I, I still believe in music and I still believe that music can 
make a difference in your life and that kind of thing. And uh, the section I wanted to talk about was uh, the bridge. Uh, it's really cool. And he, he just says, I still believe in the saints in Jerry Lee and in Johnny and all the greats. And I still believe in the sound that has the power to raise the temple and tear it down. And I still believe in the need for guitars and drums and desperate poetry. And I still believe that everyone can find a song for every time they've lost and every time they've won. So just remember, folks, we're not just saving lives. We're saving souls and we're having fun. And I still believe. Excellent. When did you hear that for the first time? Was that at the concert or? Uh, no, I don't think this album was out by the time we saw him. He only he had one or two out, but this was, I think, after we saw him. Gotcha. Another great choice. Still Cannot believe. recommend Frank Turner highly enough. I love his stuff. He <laughs> actually just put out a new album. Oh, wow. Um, just think about us, like how much music we listen to every week on our own for the show. I would say that we desperately need guitars, drums, and poetry as well. So Yes. Kind and of, streaming services and, uh, you know, binge, bingeable episodes and so on and so forth. And I would say... <clears throat> Steve, since you are an educator, uh, I think that speaks to uh, the need for music and the arts in schools as well. Because yeah. everybody, everybody can benefit from that. And, you know, there's a lot of kids out there who really, really need that in their life. So no pressure. Hey, but... Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> it's a given. If you look at any school and you look at the kids who are in band and they're in the arts, they're typically your better you know, higher level scoring students because it develops the brain in different ways and it makes you more effective and about everything you do in life. So, right. And not only that, then you, you look at the other side of it and there are kids who come to school and the only reason they come in the first place is because they love band or they love art. And so that pulls them in and then they do the rest of their school day. So it is absolutely essential to keep those things in school. If we strip that out, I, I mean, Never mind. I'm going to get on a rant about, about <laughs> politics and education, so I'm going to stop there. But um, you are absolutely right, Mr. Mundy. It is completely essential to have those things in school. Puts soapbox away. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to get going. So I'm done. I th think you'd be preaching to the choir here. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know you guys are big fans of school and support the, the arts and education, so I appreciate that. Um, and you know, it's interesting too, about your, your choice and what we're talking about, how it fits us here. Sometimes we hear these songs or whatever, and it fits to a time in our life and you mm -hmm. can remember it based on that time. But it's interesting that this one still, I mean, man, it flows through our entire lives really. Yep. Mm -hmm. so, cool. Great choice. All right. So that comes to me and, um, my choice is smashing pumpkins. Can you guess what song? No. <laughs> Is it from Pisces Iscariot? Nope. Hmm. Uh, what are we going to with Pisces? What's on? I, I don't know. I'm just being silly because I know that's kind of a <laughs> collection of deeper tracks in the grand scheme of things. But uh, no, I, I can't. I'm, I'm curious which one you're, you're going to choose because there's a plethora. There are a plethora. Yeah. But I went with 33. Um, so. 
for me, poetry, I love, I love lyrics in general, but I love the choice of words. And I like um, when people hit your senses in different ways throughout. And I like it when they can make you feel like you're part of something or something like the, the poem feels lived in. I kind of like that aspect of poetry. And I also like when you can make it your own, like you can really interpret it in different ways and it all makes sense. So 33 for a lot of people instantly became this, well, um, it's based on the Bible. Jesus died at 33. There's a reference in there to, to the tower of Babel, um, the cluttered streets where Jesus went to heal people and, you know, suppers on the table reference to the last supper and, the steeples guiding him, the church. Um, he goes back to the old haunts with his friends where he, he goes back to the disciples and, and he's facing all of this on his own. So it makes sense. You could definitely read it that way. But then, you know, Billy says, well, actually, when he was 27 and had everything in the world that he wanted, he went to a tarot card reader who told him that the best was yet to come. He would have everything at 33. And he's thinking to myself, oh, my gosh. I have one of the most popular bands in the world. I have all the money in the world that I want. I have everything, fame, popularity. But I think what he really wanted and what this song sort of explores is the need for home and to have a place like that. And there are some uh, lines where he says, you know, and for a moment I lose myself wrapped up in the pleasures of the world. I've journeyed here and there and back again, but in the same old haunts, I still find my friends, mysteries, not ready to reveal your sympathies. I'm ready to return. And it feels like there's just this longing of, of home that he eventually hopes to find when he's 33. And then he also said that he actually had plans for a song called 66 and 199. So <laughs> I guess for other parts of his life. Um, and this is also one of my favorites played live. Such a, a just a good song. Did they play it when we saw them? They did. Yeah, it was beautiful too. They had a not terribly familiar with that one, so yeah. I wouldn't have noticed. Yeah, I'll have to revisit for sure. I, yeah. I thought maybe at thirty-three, that's when he uh, definitely hit on his friendship with Dennis Rodman or something. But I could be <laughs> and, and bought the NWA wrestling and all that. I think yep. that was a little later, actually. Yep, totally. No, that's cool. And you know, and it's it's funny because Smashing Pumpkins is one of those bands that you know they get kind of lumped into the popular alternative vain and and some people may re revere them as kind of disposable you know what i mean because of the fact that there is pop tunes that got turned out of of their work but you know when you really dig into the full album experience back when people ingested the full album experience i mean there's a lot of depth going on and that's one thing i wanted to bring up too is the fact that you know i picked that drown tune but i had a hard time really picking something uh, and sticking with it because I was revisiting bands that whose lyrics really stood out to me. And Nirvana is one of them. Cobain had some of the really bizarre abstract poetry in his tunes, if you will. And, and they painted a, a vivid picture, but sometimes they could have meant anything, you know, so y your imagination would really wander with what they were saying. And I really appreciated that when I was, you know, reading the liner notes and listening to the album cover to cover that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did the same thing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I was trying to think about what I wanted. I'm like, man, I remember back in the day, you know, like Tori Amos, when her first album came out, that hit me in a way that I, you know, I didn't really see coming because at that time I like, I was fully into all the metal. And, <laughs> and right here comes this little redheaded 
girl, you know, and I, I was not expecting that. And I was looking back through some of her stuff and none of it really, I mean, some of it's pretty heavy, but nothing really connected to my life in any significant way. And I did the same with uh, like Dresden dolls. I went back and looked at some of their stuff and it's really good. Uh, Amanda Palmer is an excellent, excellent lyricist, but mm -hmm. same thing. Like it really didn't seem to connect to my life in any way. And then I was like, I looked at a lot of songs for Frank Turner and I really just kind of had to pick one and because there were several that I could have used. Yeah, excellent. I, I think Pumpkins kind of got caught up in the whole Seattle thing when they were Chicago, and it was, you know, very much a different sound than yeah. than the grunge sound that they were sort of brought up with and compared to because they had those sonic guitars and heavily layered and all of that and this virtuoso drummer, you know, with a little jazz background. So I don't know. I really clung to them more than everybody else at that time. So. All right. Well, I would say well done, gentlemen. <laughs> what else can I say, right? Thank you. No, I was making sure <laughs> I wasn't on mute there. Technical difficulty. That was fun. And normally, for people who haven't listened to the show before, at this point, we introduce our challenge for next week. But we will not have a challenge next week because we have a special guest coming to the studio, which we will announce at the end of the show. So stay tuned for that. But until then... We have work to do because we are reviewing Slash uh, with Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators have a new record called Four. And so that came out about a week ago. And I know it came out Friday. And yes. um, mm -hmm. we've been listening to that. So we're going to review that tonight. And um, just before we get started, initial take, what did you guys think? A Overall. Solid, solid hard rock album. I mean that's yeah pretty really much. about all I can describe it you know yeah. um, <clears throat> I I really hadn't been I I haven't really stayed in the vein of hard rock for a long time and I thought when I was listening to it it was just like damn this is <laughs> you know a good fun ride and there's definitely a lot of simplicity in in the album in that it sounds like Slash with his Les Paul plugged in directly to a Marshall you know let her rip that kind of thing minimal effects and that that type of uh, uh, level of detail and production. But when it comes down to it, simplicity was key with this. Really feel like a traditional rock album. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. very straightforward. And I would say well done. I mean, uh, I Slash is always good. And um, I thought Miles Kennedy was fantastic on this record. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing. Go ahead, Monday. I'm sorry. I was just going to say Miles is, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he's the star of the show. It's, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know how you can put somebody like him in front of your band and hope to stand out in any way. Cause it's, <laughs> it's going to be him all the way. Yeah, totally. And I really liked how, you know, of course the band is tight. Don't get me wrong, but with this kind of hard rock element, there's a little element of looseness to it too. I mean, Slash is a solid player. He's a badass and, you know, his leads are good and that kind of thing. But, you know, sometimes the riff will definitely slop a little, but not in a bad way. It just gives it that kind of swank and, and, and stank, I guess, if you want to describe it as such that, that the, the tune needs, you know, so it definitely yeah. lends to that old uh, LA rocker vibe from back in the day. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, like, 
I mean, I think Steve already pretty much said this word for word. Slash is slash. I mean, he's he he's good. We all know he's good, and he's always going to be good. Um, this this album, for me, I think overall it it's enjoyable. I I, I mean, I listened to it several times. I, there's nothing I really wanted to skip or anything like that. It, totally enjoyable, but it started feeling almost uh formulaic if that makes sense uh, it and i started noticing something as i was going through the songs and i actually counted and aside from the first two tracks the the entire rest of the album tracks three through ten they all have intros that are right around 30 seconds it's like 30 seconds boom he's singing 32 seconds boom he's singing 28 seconds boom he's it's like it's every song three through ten and that's why i for me like the first two tracks were really the standouts because Mm -hmm. they're a little different than the rest of the album I just thought that was pretty interesting. I mean, it, they really kind of like plugged in the program and did this song, this song, this song, this song. Yeah. So let's go to the first song, The River is Rising. Um, so do we all agree that it was probably the perfect album opener? Because in my mind, yeah. that was the only song that makes this an album opener. Right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 100% agree with that. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because I thought Miles sounded so awesome, but he says uh, that his voice was off a little bit because he had COVID huh. right before that. And so he was still recovering. And so his voice was a little off. But I'm telling you, I didn't notice no, his voice I've... was off at all. Yeah, I would never have caught that. Yeah. No, and this one, <clears throat> this one has a thimbler, <laughs> thimbler. Thumbelino. <laughs> Holy cow. Let me start over. Has a similar theme to a lot of other songs that we've reviewed over the past year, where it's dealing with the um, people at the top deceiving, you know, the populace, um, being duplicitous and deceiving and all those kind of things. So um, it was very familiar territory. And there seemed to be quite a lot of that sort of thing and toxic relationships and places in your life throughout this entire record. So, um, Definitely thematic there, but I yeah, I love this song. I thought it was fantastic. Everything Thema- was great about it. Thematic and similar. It was very similar. <laughs> With lots of good fellows. Good lord. Better get some tea, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh <clears throat> you know, when I listened to it, it was actually really early this morning. I had to make a trip to, to help moms out. And um, so I was getting caffeinated dealing with morning traffic and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, trying to focus heavily initially was a bit of a challenge, but um, I did repeat it and and start digging a little deeper. And one thing I really liked is, yeah, I mean, there's the hard rock element. There's the kind of the bridge chords where they kind of hold a chord for a whole bar and then move to the next chord and stuff. And those are kind of predictable chord progressions that happen. But every once in a while, Slash would kick it up and change to a different chord and not resolve to where you thought it was going to go. And, um, you know, things were clever in that regard too. And that's what I really appreciate about him is the fact that, you know, he's the pentatonic King, you know, his leads are very bluesy based and, yep. and, you know, your, your hard rock flair, but you know, he'll spice it up from time to time and, and break it up too. And, um, I thought that complimented 
a lot of those tunes that you're talking about nicely. So where you did have that formula, you did have a little shake up in other ways as well. So I think he probably had a, a library of riffs to work with and, and they just put it down and, and got things going. And, you know, I have not, I will admit, I've not listened to a lot of Miles Kennedy's work and stuff. Again, I haven't been down this vein for a long time, but it's funny because, you know, he definitely has his own sound and style, but I hear a bit of an influence from Bruce, Bruce Dickinson. If I can, Bruce, my turn now, uh, Bruce Dickinson. You want to borrow my tea? <laughs> yes, I do. I'll actually drink my, uh, my soda here, but you know, it, it, there's like the same kind of vibratos going on and sometimes some vocal inflections and I could be way off, but I, I just noticed similarities and it could be just the style of music in general, but very enjoyable either way. I think there were a couple of times too where he was embracing his inner axle, and then mm-hmm. maybe that's because Slash was playing and we're making that connection. But there were a couple of times where he really hit him that sounded kind of like Axel. But... Yeah, well, I'm still Team Bruce. <laughs> Love it. I'm gonna go Dude. to work and call my coworker named Bruce. I'm gonna call start calling him that. Bruce, nice. You can Bruce. You can have him call me if he has any beef with Bruce. <laughs> yeah. Uh... I... <laughs> Yeah, these these first two tracks, Rivers Rising and Whatever Gets You By, I, I really, they're the total standouts for me. I, and I, in Whatever Gets You By, uh, man, it, that was the, the first time. I didn't really notice it in the first song. I'm sure it's there, but it really caught my attention in the second song was the bass tone and on yeah. this whole record. And uh, this guy's name is Todd Kearns. And man, he has got just a dirty, dirty bass tone. And it sounds wonderful. It that really was a great talk- entry to the song. You had mentioned yeah. before how formulaic they were with the 30 seconds. But this one, remember, start off that cool little drum solo yes. thing going on. Yep. And then we hit a few chimes. And then, bam, that bass just slams in. Yeah. It's so strong. Yeah. It's good and, and gritty. I like the. There were some lyrics that were pretty cool too, uh, where I'm a fool for your misery, like a drug lying next to me. I'll <laughs> consume what you give to get me high. Like you can't resist it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, yeah, you make me miserable, but I I can't get out of my own way. Yeah, that's one thing too. I think um, I don't know if they do this for all of their albums, but I, I looked because I was curious. You know, I I started feeling like it was a little formulaic, and I, I was curious of the songwriting credits and I looked every single song it says it's written by Miles Kennedy and Saul Hudson. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, you know, Miles and Slash, I, I feel like they maybe could have brought in some some of the other band members or somebody and maybe changed it up a little bit. But yeah, all of these songs are written just the two of them. Yeah. But you know, again, who knows with the state of things if you know, being remote or whatever, those two are collaborating yeah. and brought them yeah. guys in after the fact. One thing I'll, I won't um, linger on track one too much longer, but uh, on the river is rising that groove. It reminded me of Mr. Brownstone a little bit, you know, just kind of had yeah. that kind of same swank that, as that tune. And I definitely heard some appetite for destruction energy uh, in a great way. All right. That brings us to say la vie. And um, I thought this one had a super catchy guitar riff. And this was one of the ones where I felt like at points in the song, it really sounded a little bit like Axel. I'm not going to lie. When I saw the song title, I was hoping it was the cover of the old 80s song. But <laughs> Oops, it is not. Was, was not to be. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> but talk box. I mean, it starts off with some talk yes. box riffs. That's killer. Yeah. Did you watch any of the videos of them? Like, I don't know if they're actually performing it or if it's just lip syncing live kind of thing. They did perform I, a lot live. Mm-hmm. I did not. I, the only video that I really watched was the one I sent you guys was the Rocket Man cover. Nice. And that was yeah. on, was that on Stern? I think. Yes. I think yep. so. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. I think they performed a lot of those songs live, or at least I don't know if they left them on the record like that, but they definitely played a lot live there. Yeah. Um, I think Slash really liked that. I think they had done that in the past or something. And so he really mm-hmm. liked that idea. Um, the path less followed. What'd y'all think? I kind of felt like this one was a filler track. Mm-hmm. I, it, yeah, it's it, not mm-hmm. terrible by any stretch of the imagination, but it's there's not a lot there for me to sink my teeth into. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I like some of the lyrics, but as far as it's kind of a throwaway musically for me, I didn't. There was nothing yeah. there that was super interesting. Um, I, I just like um, when you don't know how the story ends, but through it all, the pain was worth it in the end. I kind of like that idea that you just you just do it because you're doing it, you know, and you don't think about, as Rush would say, you don't count the cost, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I like that. Oh, shut up, honey. I see you giggling back there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's some cool chord progressions and stuff going on there. I mean, like, you know, I'll get technically in the weeds like he's holding an f chord and he lets the bottom strings kind of ring open a little bit you know kind of reminds me of alex lifeson in that vein as well but just more distorted with the marshall crank to 20 um but just you know it looks like slash was having fun playing that tune um in the video that i saw as well i I went back and revisited before dinner um you know some of the tunes just to make sure i remembered what was what but Mm -hmm. uh you know at the end of the day you know he's really enjoying you know what he does still which is great because um you know he's made a legacy with with his tone and his sound and you know it's something that it sounds like it's still not getting old right he's still coming up with new material and still um letting things flow and it's it's probably effortless now because it's like he's done it for so long um you know solos definitely are still slash driven but you know they're unique enough that they don't sound like he's i'm taking elements from this these days and that sort of thing he's still able to uh really just let it rip in the moment Mm -hmm. yeah this uh talking about like keeping it fresh and all that and or you know kind of keeping it fresh or still enjoying what he's doing and uh i i'm this honestly this makes me very interested to hear what he's going to do with Guns N' Roses next. Cause now that they're back together, you know, they're working on new material, but then, but that, you know, you've got Axel who we know can also write music and well, I mean, Miles can too. I mean, he plays guitar and all that, but Axel definitely will bring music ideas to the table. We know that for a fact. And you got Duff and I don't know, you know, the other guys that are in the band, how much input they'll have, but mm-hmm. I I think that might be what keeps Guns N' Roses more interesting for me than mm-hmm. this stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's move on to actions speak louder than words. Um, I didn't have a lot to say musically about this. It wasn't bad, but it definitely follows a lot of the songs thematically. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Again, what you say doesn't really mean anything. It's all about your actions. Um 
your true intentions better be pure. Please don't waste my time. So, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely got a, a blues drive to it for sure. And when I looked at the video, it's like, oh, Slash is playing a flying V on this. It's shaking it up a little bit. Still a Gibson, but still, as I was gonna say, yeah. probably still a Gibson flying V. But. Yep. Yep. But, uh, you know, still cool nonetheless. Um, but, you know, again, to Monday's point, kind of formulaic, but not something that's terrible or anything. I didn't want to turn off the radio or anything like that. That's, you know, it, it really is. It's just good, solid, hard rock stuff. It's not, I, I don't, I would hesitate to call this cliche, but they're mm. definitely, you know, thematic elements that run through a lot of hard rock, you know, and it's, but it's not like with this level of musicianship, you can't, I can't hate it. Uh, it doesn't mm -hmm. sound bad. It's just, <laughs> it, mm. it just is what it is. You know, it, it has an aesthetic, right? And it stays within that aesthetic. They, they don't yeah. switch up the wallpaper whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very straightforward. Uh, Spirit Love was next. And this one, I just didn't grab me at all. I just couldn't <laughs> bite into it. That was the only one on the record where I just, I, I don't know, I just didn't like it. Yeah. I, same for me, really. It's, I mean, it was, it's okay. But I didn't, I have zero notes about it. I just kind of listened to it and let it go. <laughs> I actually really liked this one. I was trying to remember, but yeah, that's the one that has a kind of has a chromatic riff going on and it really just kind of stays within that pocket. But those kind of riffs are fun to me too, because then they become a little more challenging to embellish melodies on and that kind of thing. And um, I just felt like it was a, a good drive. I'll, I'll be the outlier in this one. I really enjoyed the hell out of this one. Well, that's you have the musician's <laughs> perspective. We don't have that. So that's okay. Yeah, that's, no, I mean, you, you hear stuff that we don't. So. Yeah. And you know, those, yeah, those he heard that it was good. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't. No. <laughs> well, you know, no, it, it's funny though, because it's like, for me, sometimes when I hear these tunes, I, I kind of, hear where they're playing in my head and kind of visualize where it's at on the guitar. And it's like, yeah, you know, if I was on stage playing a tune like this, I, I would enjoy it. I would have a lot of fun just kind of having busy riff work. Yeah. And I, I don't doubt that you're, what you're saying is true, but the melody didn't work for me here. And that's, I mm -hmm. think part of the problem is it didn't mesh. Mm -hmm. I guess the way that I wanted it to. <laughs> and plus it kind of gave me an Allison change vibe a little bit, but not, okay. you know, completely, but it has a twinge of it. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah. Well, next song, I absolutely love the next song, Fill My World. And I love the fact that Miles wrote it for his dog who was stuck <laughs> at home while he was trying to fly in and there was a storm and he was worried that his dog was stuck at home and was nervous and anxious because he wasn't there and there was a storm outside. And so it's yeah, funny, but it's what, like we were talking about with poetry. You can read these lyrics and it has nothing about a dog. You can totally relate it. Um, please come back to me for how long you'll be gone. I'm barely breathing because yeah. all I know is that I miss you. So what I'd give to know you fill my world again. So, and then yeah. for me, I loved his guitar solo on this one. I thought it was really clean. It wasn't like over the top. It wasn't fast. It just was a really sharp guitar solo. I'm going to have to write a song for my French bulldog now. See, don't yeah, see, this so one, close to me. <laughs> this one, it just, it just like, 
I read it as pining for a lost love. Mm -hmm. I mean, because that's, that's the interpretation that I got without that information. That's what it sounded like to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, this one, I really liked it as well. I want to say this song was the second most plays on Spotify. Like it had right under a million. Wow. I think it was this song, but uh yeah, it, it really it kind of feels almost like a modernized power ballad. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. Like it a little bit. <clears throat> but I, yeah, I like this one a lot. Paul. Yeah. You know, it's it's a straight ahead song. Uh, definitely hear the axle element that you described earlier. And, uh, you know, it wasn't one that I clung to, but it was, you know, again, just a still uh, a solid hard rock tune. Now that I know it's about a dog, I can, it's proof that I can write about anything I want to. So I better get busy. (laughs) All right. Next up is April Fool. And I, this had a super catchy chorus I like. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like that this one, where the other songs are talking about how other people dupe you and all that kind of thing. This one was about getting even. And um, there's a retribution element that I really liked in this one. Turning the tables a little bit. Yep. Yeah. This one had some had a really cool little lick in it that kind of repeated here and there. Mm-hmm. So, and lyrics were kind of cool. I, I yeah, I, I like this one a lot. Yeah, I enjoyed this one. Really blues driven hard rock riff. You know, a lot of uh, single note passages, which are always cool to do too. And um, but doesn't mean it's any less hard or heavy. I guess if you will, um, this would definitely be hard thirty material on MTV back in the day. Yes. Number nine, call off the dogs. And so uh, this one, I'm reading the lyrics and I'm like, this reminds me of that stupid cat who walks under the wet ladder and gets a little stripe down his back and then Pepe Le Pew is chasing everywhere. And finally, Pepe is so, uh, you know, he just won't give up. And then the cat finally gives in. (laughs) And I like that it's up tempo. There's a lot of energy. And uh, again, this one has a pretty catchy chorus too. Miles definitely put in the catchy choruses mm-hmm. i'll raise you one on that plot line because right. uh, we just finished watching gremlins t- gremlins 2 with my daughter and <laughs> uh you know kind of the similar element with the female gremlin and uh <laughs> the one gentleman that uh she couldn't resist and wouldn't leave him alone and he finally caved in <laughs> at the end so <laughs> you can only take so much before you gotta give in yeah exactly so we wanted her to watch that because gremlins the first one might be a little too scary for her so it's like let's laugh not take them seriously and then here down the road you can watch the first one so what a trip down memory lane and how ridiculous i bet i digress uh fun trivia fact gremlins to the new batch is the only film appearance of mr leonard Moulton. yes really Yep. Yes. That's that right. The right. kids listening to the show would not even know who Leonard Maltin is probably. Yeah. I, I still know. got <laughs> I still got a kick out of the fact that Christopher Lee was the uh, mad scientist in that movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's awesome. A young Christopher Lee, if you can kind of say that. Mm, young ish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was like 150 a couple years ago, so. Right. And Amazing also a metalhead. Yeah. I like that. Um, All right. We're up to the album closer, gentlemen. So we got to decide if this was a good one. In my mind, I thought it was a pretty good closer. It ended on a positive note. 
Um, and uh, I thought the guitar work on here was a little bit hypnotic. It was different than the rest. And it just sort of slowed the album and wrote it out. Mm -hmm. I, I, I liked it. I wouldn't say it was a ballad, but it certainly was a mellow change from everything else that had pretty much gone on. Um, you know, so when, when I was listening on the road, and of course I'm not looking at my phone and seeing what's coming up next or anything in the end, I was like, oh, oh that, that wasn't like mid break or anything, <laughs> but you know, it, I was like, okay, that's cool. And then when I listened to it again and kind of had a feel for the, the total package, if you will, um, yeah, yeah I, will. I felt, I felt satisfied. Yeah, I, this is, it's definitely a big song and, um, I think, uh, the sound, the big sound that it has and the slowed down tempo and the length of the song. I think it, it all added up to very, very solid closer. Um, I think Miles really on more than any other song on this album really kind of showcased his range on this one. Um, Cause and a lot of the, most of the rest of the album, like he's pretty, he's up here a lot. And on this one, he kind of, you know, dips in and out. And uh, I, I really appreciated his voice on this song. And that riff, the first time I heard it, it, it kind of, I didn't love it. But the more I listened to it, the more I liked it. And the more I allowed that riff to kind of do what it was supposed to i think kind of you know I, I i listened to the rest of it with that instead of taking that out of it and just being like mm, not sure about that so the more i listened to it the more i liked it do you realize we all like the album opener and closer mm -hmm. that doesn't happen all the time right they did their job yeah yeah so um all right so that is all 10 songs opener closer so let's run down our scores and will we listen again? And we will start with Mr. JPP. I'm going to give it a 4.1. It was definitely nice to revisit this realm of guitar rock again. You know, it's been a while. Makes me want to go and pull out playlists on Spotify and listen to some bands I used to listen to back in the day. Definitely some Nuno Betancourt, some, uh, a band called Spread Eagle that had some heavy stuff, yeah. if you will. Yeah. And, and, you know, even Bruce Dickinson's uh, solo <laughs> album, uh, which is fantastic. All the young dudes is a great cover on there. And that's when yeah. he brought Yannick Gers to the, uh, to the table in that solo album. And then he became a replacement guitarist in Iron Maiden. And now he's still in the band with yeah. the other two guitar players. So they have, now have a trifecta, which is even beautiful. Um, I digress again, but at the end of the day, I will listen to this again. And, uh, going to be digging out some old playlists and you know rocking while i'm working excellent i will um i will say that i'm going to give it ooh, about a 375 um i really liked it i thought it was good i definitely will listen again i don't think it's going to make my regular rotation but i definitely will listen again and i've got a really I, i've heard miles before but I think after this, I have a much more deeper respect for him. I thought he was fantastic on this record. And Slash is always just good. So there's nothing bad you can say there. And this was probably the most straightforward record we've reviewed in a long time. Mm -hmm. So what you see is what you get. Three, seven, yeah. five for me. Metalhead, close it out. Um, I'd probably go three and a half. I mean, it's it's better than average but it's not something i'm going to gravitate to a whole lot it really honestly makes me want to 
go back and listen to other albums from uh, Slash and Miles and the Conspirators. Um, honestly, the band, the Conspirators, they're like, they're good. They're so solid. And it, it makes me want to go back and listen to their other albums, uh, which I'm not terribly familiar with. But, um, and, uh, you know, Miles is amazing. I, I, I kind of want to go and listen to some, makes me want to listen to some Alter Bridge, mm-hmm. which is, mm-hmm. you know, not something I would do on a regular basis. Although it, these bands, it's like I, they're not, bands that i listen to on a regular basis but i have a lot of respect for because like i mean let's be honest do any of us appreciate creed at all i don't think so but i feel like most of that is scott Stapp's fault um <laughs> mark tremani amazing guitar mm-hmm. player mm-hmm. huge metalhead and he has you know he's got ultra bridge he's got tremani which is, tremani is good that is a good band and it, you know, Miles Kennedy. That's, I yeah. This this makes me want to check out other stuff more than it makes me want to listen to this on a regular basis. Sure, cool. Yeah, it's always nice going down the rabbit hole. We learn new things on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting too because you know a lot of the metal that I listen to is kind of mm-hmm. built on precision. You know, and there's production tricks and edits and things to tighten it up and really give it a machine like sound. You know, a la Fear Factory is a prime example, but you know the the looseness that I was t- talking about yeah. and just the the simplicity is refreshing again because you know in a world of computers and lots of studio tricks that are easily accessible in in bedrooms these days, it's nice to hear somebody just lay something down and throw something on top of it and really give you the the roots of the song. Yeah, Slash is more. He comes from much more loose dirty rock and roll kind mm-hmm. of background so yep. yeah i do believe that um fill my world was one that was recorded live cool at that studio where um you had sent that before yeah i believe that was one of them so excellent so that was a good choice for the week our other choice would have been corn i believe which came out the week before but has anybody listened to that not yet than- I listened to the first no. two songs that came out, and it was mm-hmm. corn. So yeah, it was corny. Yeah, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, as I mentioned earlier, we will not be reviewing a record next week or issuing a challenge because we have a special guest. So Michael Cervolo from Beauty and Chaos returns next week. So we will be recording that show on Sunday. February 20th at 7 o'clock, and we're going to talk about his new project, Behind the Veil, which um, I believe could have been ordered already. I think we've already, I know the boys on the show here, and I have already ordered our uh, physical copies of that, and so we're mm-hmm. going to talk about that, and when Michael gets on the show, we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff, so we're just going to let him run with it, and I believe he will be bringing Tish, his lovely wife, on the show with him, so... Um, they're awesome to have on the show and I cannot wait yeah. for next mm-hmm. week. Kind of like how SNL has repeat hosts. He's kind of our show running <laughs> record for uh repeat. We're gonna, he is. We're going to have to get him that t-shirt. Pronto I say, we're going to have to get him a jacket for a five timer. Yep. <laughs> we will work on that for sure. But anyway, so please check that out. Um, seven o'clock Eastern time, February 20th with Michael Cervolo of, 
Beauty in Chaos. And if I may add, if you haven't heard Beauty in Chaos, please, we encourage you to go check them out, give them a listen. And if you have questions for Michael, feel free to leave comments uh, on this video or on any of our platforms on the Facebook page, et cetera. And we'll certainly feel free to, we'll be welcome to, uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to say, we'll ask those questions <laughs> within reason. What's your favorite pasta? Uh, you know, <laughs> if you were a tree, what tree would you be? Yeah. I'll uh, put that out on Twitter too and see if we can get anybody to give us some questions. Mm -hmm. So that's exciting. And then if you want to check it out before the show, so you're ready for it, you can go to beauty and chaos music.com and yeah. uh, you can order the record there you can get all kinds of behind the scenes stuff and lyrics and all kinds of things like that so check that out before he comes on the show mm -hmm. and gentlemen if our fans would like to know where you guys are mr mundy where might we find you uh just find me on instagram at metalhead mundy it's m-u-n-d-y on the instagram j-p-p -P. where can we find you you can find me on the Instagrams at the Phoenix Supernova as written on the screen there. And I also have a Facebook page now for the Phoenix Supernova. Uh, it hasn't had a lot of love yet, but it is in progress. So feel free to give a like there and uh, we can engage on either platform. Awesome. And you can find me foggy's pal on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, you can find wanderings and wool gathering on YouTube Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, SoundCloud. Now you can find us live on Facebook and Twitter. You can also find album reviews, movie, TV, and comics reviews at wanderingsandwoolgathering.com. So, folks, until episode 102 with Michael Cirovolo, we will see you again on Sunday. Bye now. See you. Are you going to play us out, Paul? Come on, play us out. Oh, yeah. Um... How do I do that? Oh yeah, I hit the play button. <laughs>